The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. It's just 45 minutes from downtown Toronto. And there you'll find the most beautiful and affordable public golf course in Ontario. Million-dollar views of the Niagara Escarpment, outstanding customer service, great banquet facilities, practice facilities, terrific pro shop, and of course, fabulous golf on a championship course. The views are to die for. But you know what makes Crosswinds really special? It's the people. They care about your experience right from the time you drive through the gates until the time you leave. So what are you waiting for? Go to crosswindsgolf.com. See all they have to offer. You'd be a fool not to. And when you get there, don't forget, tell them Hebsey sent you. Now, Mike, let's begin the podcast. Hey there, sports fans. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number 286, and what a week of sports it's been. Wow! I still have not recovered from last night and early this morning. So much, so much to talk about today. Connor McDavid will be showcasing his talents along with the rest of the Edmonton Earlers in the Western Conference Final after they dispatched Calgary in five games. Battle of Alberta? <laughs> not even a skirmish. What happened to Calgary? Anyway, the orders are moving on. Meanwhile, the New York Rangers will face elimination tomorrow at home against Carolina in game six. And the Avs, the Colorado Avalanche, can eliminate St. Louis tonight in game six in Missouri. I don't think that's going to happen after, after they choked the other night. Wow. In hoops, the Golden State Warriors eliminated Dallas in five games. They're going back to the NBA Finals, but not against the Raptors. It's going to be against either Boston or Miami. And Clay Thompson is back, baby. The Celtics can eliminate the Heat tonight in Beantown in Game 6 there. Man, a Boston-Golden State final would be delicious. The Blue Jays had the bats going again last night. Vladdy Guerrero was now over it in two games in a row. Woo. And Shohei Otani is a human being. We got tennis. Big, big upset today by a Canadian. Golf and lots of soccer talk in advance of the Champions League final with our special guest, James Sharman. That's right, the guy with the funny accent. Do you notice that anyone, when you talk soccer, you cannot, no one who's a soccer expert can 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 have a Canadian accent. And I have noticed be, this. There has to be a, there has to be an accent. It goes to credibility. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And no matter, even if you're talking nonsense, you just sound like you know what you're talking about. That's right. You sound erudite. <laughs> so I gotta, that's, a, that's, a, that's a $5 word to start our Friday morning I'm impressed Oh god uh, Let's say hi to Toronto Mike if we haven't already How's it been well, You've had a really busy week haven't you In your podcast world Yeah it's been uh, busy times here But uh, I want to just start And I know this gentleman was a uh, very good friend of yours And an acquaintance of mine But I just want to offer my condolences to you That the the great, the the great Andrew Crystal has left us far too soon. Yeah, um, I wasn't. I don't know if anyone was very really close to Andrew. I mean, I wouldn't. I would say I was more of an acquaintance, but Andrew would call or text at, at any time. Right. More times than not to talk about the Leafs. He was the biggest Leaf fan of them all. Right. And I don't think Andrew would mind telling would would mind me telling this story. That, uh, I mean, I, I, I feel really bad because, listen, they, I don't know what killed Andrew, but I'll bet you the Leafs had something to do with it over the years. <laughs> I'm t I mean it. Okay. Because they wore him down. He took up a lot of his time. 
he texted me just before, I guess, before he went out for his fateful walk late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. I got a text from him at midnight asking if I was up and I had gone and I had gone to bed. So I kind of looked at it and didn't respond. And then the next morning when I went to respond, before I did, I checked my whatever and I noticed your um, post that he had passed away which you gotten from the Facebook post, I guess, from a, a very good friend of his. Yes. Who had found know, out before me, like in the morning when they woke up on Sunday morning. Did Terrible. you know you're, you're one of now four people I know now who were texting with him around midnight that Saturday night. Yeah. I think I was the last cause humble. I spoke to humble Howard uh, Glassman and his last uh, uh, text was at 1150, like 10 minutes to 12 to midnight. And then I, I, I'm thinking, like, I don't know, this is the way Andrew was. Like, you know, it was, wow. uh, all right, I'm done with Humble Howard. He won't, or whatever, I'm finished talking with him or we've had our discussion. Right. I'm sure it was about the Leafs. I, I'll bet you it was about the Leafs. <laughs> no, you know, I can tell you. Because always a part I, of it. <laughs> he was about a certain Q107 DJ. Oh, okay. Anyway, but, um, but a lot of that talk also had to do with the Leafs, too, because that guy talked to, anyway, been going on for years. So that's Andrew Wood out of the middle of the night would, you know want to talk about the Leafs, want to vent about the Leafs, want to know my opinion right. about the Leafs. And he knew he would get my opinion and vice versa. Anyway, um, very sad. I never got a chance to go to his New Year's party known as the New Year's Levy, which he held every New Year's Day because New Year's Day is my birthday. Right. And I would say for 20 years, every year he would invite me. And I'd say, you know, I can't make it. I'm going to, I've always got something going. You know, my kids are throwing a party for me, whatever. And he said, and if you can drop by, and I never did because it was on January 1st and I was always tied up with family stuff, but he always invited me and I never went. And that's the, my one regret. One of those years I could have said, you know, the man invites me every year to his party. Rest in peace, Andrew, the biggest Maple Leafs fan of them all. I know that a lot of people listening going, oh, no, I'm the, I'm the world's biggest. No, I'm the world's biggest. No, you weren't. Andrew was because you didn't pick up the phone and call acquaintances. At all hours to right. talk about the Leafs. You, you just didn't do that. A big, uh, he was a huge Leaf fan. Rest in yeah. peace. Absolutely. So this guy, Connor McDavid, is it like we, you know, it's like Gretzky. Back in the day, you didn't get to see Edmonton Oiler games unless you had a satellite dish, one of those big satellite dishes, not the little dinky ones that you stick on the side of your apartment building. But back in the day, if you wanted to see the great Edmonton Oilers of the 80s with Gretzky, you had to have a big satellite dish or you had to watch Sportsline Late, late, late at night to get some highlights. And remember, they're two hours behind. What I didn't know at the time was, I had no idea. All of the Edmonton Order players would gather, for the most part, at Kevin Lowe or Essa Tikkanen's place and watch Sportsline live. Wow, I didn't know this. Okay. Okay. So we'd be on at 11.30 at night, which is 9.30 p.m. in Edmonton. And if they weren't playing that night, all right, they're watching the show. They're watching us live on the big dish in Esatikinen's backyard or Kevin Lowe's backyard, something like that. No idea until we're do they're in town or whatever. We run, I run into them. We're doing an interview. And Gretzky says to me, he goes, you guys were great the other night. I go, what, what are you talking about? He says, yeah, we were watching on the satellite dish. And this is like 1984, 85. Wow. So you're watching the satellite dish. He goes, yeah, Tick's got one. Yeah, Tick's got one. 
Okay. And he's telling me that there's like eight, 10, 12 of them, right? Glenn Anderson, Furzy, you know, I don't have to tell you who was on that team, Curry, Mass, all the guys. And they're watching and they're watching the show. And they're and I could just imagine them sitting and having a couple of pops, watching the show. Jim and I are doing highlights, laughing. They don't know what's going on in the other games. This is how they got their scouting report. So I always had an affinity for the team and the people of Edmonton because of that, right? From Gretzky era on down, they, they want to know what's going on in the rest of hockey. And Edmonton's kind of an outpost when it comes to that compared to Toronto. So good on the Oilers. And, you know, how do you replace a Gretzky? You can't do it. How do you make the comparisons? You can't do it. You certainly can't do it if the guy hasn't won a Stanley Cup, hasn't even been to a cup final. Well, he just took a big step. In. And we're talking about Connor McDavid. The guy is electrifying. Can I use that word? Yes. He He's electrifying. As great as that goal by Nathan McKinnon was, right. and the in, and the uh, the other night, and the inevitable comparisons, because he's a great hockey player, right? Is yeah. he right up there with Connor McDavid? Mm, no. Uh, once for the same reasons, he hasn't won a Stanley Cup. That's true, but and and he's an unbelievable talent. But geez, McDavid is like lightning. 503 into overtime, and he touches. He, the puck was on his stick for a nanosecond. It's in the net. It happened so fast. It was like, did I just see that goal? Did, did he just score that? Dry sidle, a 15, 18-foot pass, and bing, in the net. It reminded me of that Lafleur goal that they show all the time when Cherry and the Boston Bruins had a too-many-man on the ice penalty. And if you remember that the highlight of that one, Lafleur gets it to Lemaire, and then as soon as Lafleur steps inside the blue line, Lemaire has, has left him a pass that all he has to do is take one stride and bing, it's in the net. That's like this goal last night. And just like that, Calgary's done. They're out. And the Oilers are, have advanced 5-4 five, five, was the final score. Four games to one. 9-6, Calgary in the opening game. You're laughing, going, ah, Edmonton scores six and can't win. Ah, and from then on, it was like, see ya. Zach Hyman. Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, Zach fucking Hyman. And, and look, I don't mind telling you, I was shocked last year. I was like, are you kidding me? They couldn't come. They couldn't get in his hometown. He had to go to Edmonton to find success. That must've been a no brainer for Zach. Nice town. Love their hockey. Oh, oh, you got McDavid. Oh, I'll play with him. Oh, you got Dreisaitl. Oh, okay. I'll play with him. Oh, you got a goalie that's like not as good as my industrial league goalie. You got a goalie on that team. You got two goalies that are, that seriously would not be able to make the team on Shorzy <laughs> on that show. Sure, on the on, on that team in Sudbury. If you've ever seen this show, the goalie is so bad that in between periods he's screaming at him. He goes, "You're the worst fucking goalie in the world. You're the get the fuck out. You are the worst fucking goalie ever, ever." Right? And he's yelling at him. And I can imagine the Oilers between periods saying to themselves, we got the fucking worst goalie ever, and we're still winning. Right? Mike Smith, is every time he touches the puck, it's like it's a live grenade. You don't know what to expect, but Markstrom was worse. Anyway, I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the game? I saw like a 1.5 periods, yeah. And then I went to sleep. So the Flames thought they had taken the lead. It was back and forth, ping pong, seven goals in five minutes, like nuts. Wow. I don't know what to expect. The goalies just looked, they really looked like awful. They, they couldn't stop a beach ball. The checkers, could, they couldn't, you couldn't check a suitcase. Like it was all over the place. Um, anyway, Markstrom, who, by the way, is a Vesna Trophy finalist, looked 
absolutely worse than Mike Smith, which is hard, was hard, hard to do, really. Uh, Mike Smith got lucky because Blake Coleman, had he lifted up his skate and not touched the puck to go into the net, Calgary would have probably won that game uh, in late in third, in the third period with about five minutes to go. But the goal was disallowed, even though it looked like the puck would have gone in anyway. And you could have said, now he couldn't stop his momentum. And we were all shocked when they disallowed the goal. But if you look at it that way, yeah, he is directing it in. Even though it was going in, he did, his skate was going in that direction. And, you know, is that a distinct kicking motion? Well, he did direct the puck in, you know, and even so, even if Calgary, even if the goal counts, uh, who knows? Calgary, they, they, they were lousy. Not that they were lousy. Edmonton was the better team. That line is unstoppable. Zach Hyman's a beast. Did I know he could score like that? Mike, I'm not talking about garbage goals. This guy can score like real goals. He can shoot the puck. We miss him, Hebsy. Oh, boy. If there was ever any evidence that, boy, we could have used a guy like Zach Hyman. He was a total beast. But we say the same about Kadri. Like, (laughs) these are all guys we had. And then... uh, In a 30, it's true. We had a 30-goal scorer. He was a 30-goal scorer. But he got suspended two playoffs in a row. And it was easy to point the finger. He was the one. If it wasn't for him, we would... Obviously, that's not true. So now, so now you're Edmonton. By the way, the Edmonton, the, the, the Edmonton um, goals, the winning song, the, the, the song that the team has adopted. And I can't, I can't remember now the one from 2019 when um, St. Louis won. I can't remember what song that was that year. If it was a song, but this year's song is La Bamba, right? Which was written by Richie Valens, but was made popular by Los Lobos, a number one worldwide hit from the movie la bamba the whole song's in spanish this is in edmonton they're playing this song and they started playing it because joey moss the late joey moss who was very special in the edmonton oilers organization and the joey moss story is this uh, when before wayne was married to janet he went out with a lovely young lady named vicky moss from edmonton he had just you know he had been he, he was a teenager when he first lived in edmonton right Anyway, she was a very nice young lady, had a singing career, and her brother, Joey, uh, was developmentally handicapped, all right, uh, and was a young man and was just a huge hockey fan. And so Wayne, you know, took him in, um, um, I guess sort of adopted him or they adopted him as a, I don't want to say mascot because that's wrong, but as a um, the part a, of the team, a supporter of the team. Yeah, a part of the team. All right. Call him what you want. Uh, good luck charm, whatever it was. And, and, and so Joey, as he grew up, was um, uh, 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 um, a dressing room attendant. You know, he, he got towels, he helped out, he, right? And he ended up growing on the players. And of course, they're winning all these championships. And this young kid is a part of this team. He is like a member of the team. Uh, and his favorite song when it came out in 1987 was La Bamba. He couldn't stop singing it. He danced to it all the time. And when he passed away, um, the team kind of took on this with the help of another young boy through Twitter who is uh, also, um, you know, suffering, um, you know, through syndrome. His, right. Um, this, they sort of adopted this song and they play it now after every win. Right. And the other day I'm listening and they win the game. And I hear as soon as the game is over, I hear. And I'm like, wow, I wonder if the guys in Los Lobos know this. So I get in touch with my friend, Steve Berlin. I send him a couple of clips and he's like, I had no idea. Now they're all fans of the Oilers, right? Um, it's spectacular. All the radio stations in Edmonton this morning are playing the song. They play it in the dressing room. 
loud as all hell, right? After their victories. This is a great story. I love that you told the guys in Los Lobos that their song has been adopted by the Edmonton Oilers. Steve is texting me last night. He's going, what a game this is. This is fantastic. And I'm saying to him, I says, you know, even if Calgary wins, that means you'll get an extra day of La Bamba. You'll get an extra, you know, maybe they'll win it at home and play everybody will go nuts and they'll play it in the streets. That kind of a thing. Amazing. And, And I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking this is great. And he's probably going, this is great too. But wow, fabulous for royalties, eh? Because even though it's not there, they didn't write the song. It's a Richie Valen sure. song. It's a remake. It was number one. They got, you know, there's anyway, they're, it's good for them. It's good no, for it's, them. it's, it's been very lucrative for their. It was their great. Career. It was really great. So I thought that was really cute. Anyway, they're going to face the winner of the St. Louis, Colorado series. The blues facing elimination tonight down three games to two, but they were facing elimination. Like, like there's backs to the wall, Mike. And then there's, you're in an elimination game. You fought back three times. You fought back from a three nothing deficit on the road. Think about that. You're going to get eliminated. You're down three nothing and you're on the road and the other, and you're in Denver and they're going nuts. They're counting down the minutes and you fight back and you tie the game, tie the game. Right. But you come back like twice in the final couple of minutes with your net empty and you score both times. You've completely demoralized this team that had you by the balls and then you beat them in overtime on a goal, on a goal that, Mike, on a goal that your son could have stopped. <laughs> no, really, a 72 mile an hour goal. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, between Darcy Kemper and and uh, Vili Husso and Jacob Markstrom and Mike Smith, like who's the best goalie out of those four guys, right? Like uh, Markstrom's out already. Like, you know, and in the East, you've got the Shusterkin. You've got Ranta and you've got Vasilevsky, none of whom give up more than like, well, Shesterkin's had a few, but, but I mean, they don't give up any goals, these goalies. Right. Like, like there's no way Vasilevsky doesn't give up ever more than like two goals, three, maybe. And these guys that I just mentioned are giving up five, six, seven, nine, like shooting gallery. So I don't know what to expect. Anyway, it's been fabulous. Steve texted me last night in the middle of the game. Like, it's like after midnight. He's going, this is great. This is like, you know, we're Edmonton Order fans. So, whoo. And, I, and I, I do. I like that other team. What's not to like? Well, it's fun to watch McDavid. And uh, we miss Hyman, so we have the warm fuzzies for him. And I like it when the goalie's like, you know, in his 40s. <laughs> <laughs> and also, had you ever heard of the length of a shot ever discussed before for a goal? Had you ever heard anyone on any hockey comment that, you know, that was a 127 foot figure? Only, um, the only time I've ever heard it is Harry Neal used to do this, right? On the replay after a goal, if it was a shot from the point, Mm -hmm. Harry would say something like, on that 57 footer by Salming, or, you know, that kind of a thing. That 48 foot, once in a while, he would do that from on the long shot. I don't know what the dimension is from the blue line in, but whatever it was in that rink, Harry would, you know, Mm -hmm. make light of that. It would be like when, It'd be like when the guy hits a ball to the warning track and right under the 399 sign. And of course the announcer goes, he hit that one about 398 and a half feet. Right. But they don't have those designations on the ice. Maybe they should have them burned in. Like, in it's a like when, uh, when you uh, run back a, yeah. uh, the kickoff for a touchdown or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so immediately it's like 132 feet, seven inches, longest goal ever. I just, I thought that was the funniest thing. You know, they've got stats for everything. What was the longest, uh, what was the longest goal in Stanley cup history prior to that goal? Who had it? What was it? Do we have a highlight of? Was it 120 feet, 117 feet? Come on. And I need to know these things anyway. Um, 
Carolina beat the Rangers 3-1. They've got a 3-2 lead in that series. Anti-Ranta facing just 17 Ranger shots. Mm. Oh, my God, they were all over them like a blanket. Rangers couldn't do anything. Suffocating. Suffocating. Baseball, the Blue Jays have won two in a row. And the bats seem to be coming alive as they dispatch the Angels. 6-3 last night in Anaheim. Uh, Hyun Jin Ryu went five innings and left the rest up to the bullpen. He threw, I think, 64 pitches. So I, I didn't see anything. I didn't see any reporting saying 64. I didn't even hear the announcers go, 64 pitches. So, say, Pat, that sounds like a pretty low number. I wonder if there's anything wrong with them. I don't know. Is that your Devlin? <laughs> no, I don't know. That was your general announcer. Oh, your general announcer. That was, uh, that was in uh, for George Carlin. That was I've been watching the George Carlin. Uh, okay, I haven't got to it yet, but I, I will see. Yeah, that. yeah. And so, you know, that's the way George Carlin was. Stuff like that. Anyway. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, so Rio goes five innings. Like I said, 64 pitches. Okay, that's it. You're out. And then Phelps for an inning, Garcia for an inning, Simber for an inning, and then Romano in the final inning. And he makes an error that ends up leading to an unearned run because uh, he hadn't pitched in a while. Um, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. I don't, know, I don't know why I have to say Junior. Vladdy. Like with Ken Griffey, we did it forever. So I think you have to say it forever. Well, no, his name was Junior, though. Griffey. When you said Junior, you knew it was Griffey. Yeah, okay. Right? Junior, Because his nickname was Junior. Not that he wasn't the only guy named Junior, because there have been many of them. Right, including like, Junior Felix. <laughs> Junior. Uh, Vladdy, homered for the second straight game. He now has nine home runs on the season. Last year at this time, he had 16 homers. Okay, nine. So he's got to get hot. Uh, he finished the season with 48 last year. Wow. George Springer led off a game with a home run uh, for the 40, I don't know, whatever time, fourth in history. He's closing in on... He's not closing in on Ricky Henderson, who has the most 80 something, whatever. Lead, that's leading off a game with a home run. Yeah, no one's going to beat Ricky. No. Bobochette had a couple of hits, and Ryu kept Mike Trout and company at bay. Uh, Mike, I'm still concerned the Jays don't have enough depth, especially in the outfield. Uh, they called up Kevin Biggio, who's just had a, like a horrible year. He's had COVID, he got injured, he was hitting like uh, 040, but he's a left handed bat. However, the Jays must improve their outfield depth. You cannot go with Bradley Zimmer and Ramiel Tapia and expect to chase down the Yankees or even get a playoff spot. You need, you need better players. Like, go and get Joey Votto. Left-handed bat, starting to swing it. Okay? I'm not saying he can play the outfield, but hey, he spells Vladdy at first. They go back and forth. They, both, they DH or they play first. Okay? I'd love to have that bat in the lineup. Wouldn't have to worry about playing Bradley Zimmer or Rami Altapia. And Biggio can play the outfield. He could be your fifth out, fourth, fifth outfield. Come on. Let's do something here, or this, this Yankee team's going to get away from you. Um, by the way, if you're looking for tonight's game on Sportsnet, ah-ah! Uh -uh! mm -mm. Now, apparently what happened was Hazel May said, look, I'm not going to get dunked ever again. Not going to happen, not going to do it. And then Arash said, nope, nope, not going to do an interview. I'm afraid the Jays are going to win, and I'm going to get dunked. And my, you know, Hugo Boss suit is going to get ruined. And my, you know, my yellow Pumas are going to get ruined. No, not going to do it. So the game isn't on Sportsnet tonight. <laughs> Evelyn's voice is going on him. Pat, I don't even know. And they're at the game. Like, they're all there, I think. And then back in the studio is like, who was it last night? Brad Fay and, and, ben, and Arden or Ben? Oh, I can't keep up. And on the radio last night was uh, Dan Shulman Jr., Junior Showman, one of the junior showmans, Ben Show. Sorry, Ben. That's what it was. It's Ben Wagner is off. 
So you you can't. He has to be replaced by another guy named Ben. Now he's taken off the radio. What do you, know, you think they, of that? What do you think of all the uh, way to- Dan Shulman's son getting a, a spot on the radio there? What do I think of it? Yeah. Because usually know. you have takes on these things, like uh, you cool with it, or do you think it's a nepotism? What do you think? I don't know. Do I think it's nepotism? <laughs> I think it came down to this. I, here's what it came down to: It's like, well, what kind of roster do we have? What's our depth chart at play-by-play TV radio? Here's the depth chart. And then they wrote all the names down, and then someone said, "Well, what if Wagner like needs a couple days off, or he wants to take a couple days off?" Remember, Wagner's not going on the road. The only time he went on the road was to do some TV games in Cleveland for a couple of days, but he's generally not going on the road. So it was like, oh, who do we reply? And Wagner needs to go somewhere for like, you know, Memorial Day weekend, which is this weekend coming up in the States. What do we do? Well, we get another guy to do radio. Well, who do we get? Well, we get Dan. Well, no, Dan's doing TV or Dan's off. His other son is graduating or whatever. Well, we, and then who's your next choice? Like, do you say to Jamie Campbell, hey, Jamie, can you come do play by play for a few West Coast games? No. So Dan probably goes, hey, listen, if you're stuck, like, you know, my son, Ben, you know, what is it, four games? He does them from the studios in Toronto, right? He'll bring his own lunch. He'll pay for his own Uber, right? Pay him, you know, he's got to be paid, obviously, but, you know, don't worry about how much it's going to be. Plus, it'll be great on his resume because when Ben Shulman goes to, apply for a job for a, with a major league team. They're going to say, well, what do you got kid? And he goes, well, I did four angels, blue Jays games. There's a bl-. Like I haven't heard the audio of his call of the Vladdy home run, but it might be better than the old man's right. It might be, he might end up being <laughs> Joe Buck to Jack Buck. Like, Oh, wasn't your father, Dan Shulman. Yeah. He was pretty good for the Jays. Yeah. But Ben Shulman's going to end up being like, you know, the ESPN number one guy in a few, like 20 years, 10 years. Six years. I don't know. You never know. How did we get on this, by the way? Uh, you were talking about how the... That's right. Oh, by the way, no, that's right. So the game tonight is on Apple TV+. Plus. You don't have Apple TV+, Plus, you're SOL. Starts at 8.55 p.m. Announcers, TBA. For all I... Hey, listen, it could be out for all I... It could be James Sharman could be doing the game tonight on Apple TV+. Maybe it'll be Ted Lasso. It'll be Ted Lasso doing the game. By the way, two things. No more Gatorade showers for Hazel or for Arash or whoever. So that's Vladdy. That's on Vladdy. Stop that shit. Stop it. Number two, Teoscar Hernandez. Enough with the sunflower seeds. Right. I know. Okay. Just enough with the sunflower seeds. Well, I'm gonna, I'll get to the Golden State Warriors and some other stuff. But first, uh, we're going to welcome our guest in today. He's a busy man. He's doing podcasts. He's doing, he's got bets going. He's got in-game bets going. He's got one soccer, two soccer, three soccer, more. Uh, he's the head of soccer content and the senior producer at The Parlay. He's the co-creator and one of the gang of six on the Footy Prime podcast. They're all nuts, all of them. And they all have accents. I never know which one's talking. Oh, no, that's actually the good thing with accents is you can tell that accent I know. When you hear two people without accents, you go, which one's talking? Like, which guy am I listening to? Like, I'm trying to figure out. When I hear disembodied voices. Anyway, I worked with him back in the late 90s at, uh, I don't know, I don't remember. Was it Headline Sports or The Score? Anyway, it was one of the two. Look at him now. Let's say hi to James Sharman, everybody. Hello, boys. How's it going? Hey, that's a long time ago, huh? Late 90s. I think it was Headline Sports still, wasn't it? I think. 
I don't remember. Too many drugs were being done back in those days. Okay? You couldn't get into the bath. There was a nice bathroom on the main floor. It was a beautiful bath, the kind of bathroom, like in a really nice hotel suite, which it was. It was part of the Holiday Inn there where we had studios. And sometimes people would be in that bathroom for a long time, a long time in there. And they, they come out with a, with a little kick in their step. <laughs> James, who? Uh, let's go back now. Okay, so we're talking late '90s. Who? Um, that was a breeding ground for um, uh, great sportscasters, great sports producers, uh, great deliverers of sports content. Would you say? Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it was it was in, in many ways school for a lot of us uh, coming through the intern program. Myself, uh, Cabby, Tim, and Sid. Uh, Martine, the guy that arrived, uh, she was already polished. She was great from the Weather Network. Um, Sansoni, Elliot Friedman, of course. Frege uh, from the fan came to Headline Sports. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was amazing. Sarah Oleski, Deb Majewska. So, so, so many great, well, not myself, obviously, in, in this umbrella, but on, so some really well-known people now, right, who've done right. really well for themselves. And it was a great breeding ground. It really was. I think it, it was a chance for us to just try stuff. And, you know, you wouldn't be hammered if you got it wrong. And, and then yourself arrived, Hebsey, and like the old veteran. And we all just kind of bowed in your magnificence. So when you say that you had mentioned that you, we all came through the intern program, what did you mean by that? Yeah, well, there was a great intern program there. Basically, they made us work for free back in those days. So myself, for example, I, I came out of school. And in the last year, I got to, to intern there doing this, that, ticker, shot listing. Um, essentially, it was just a way to get a lot of work done for nothing. What school? Also, what school were you uh, at? I was at Ryerson. So you were taking radio television at Ryerson, right? No, RTA. No, I took media arts, actually. Yeah. Which RTA, I wasn't smart enough for RTA. Yeah. Uh, that was a better program. My, my program wasn't great, but I had a great time, put it that way. But uh, as far as what I learned at the school, uh, it wasn't fantastic. I, I learned more in the first six months at Headline Sports, I think, about the industry than, than four years at the school. I think it was headline sports because now that you mentioned it, I have a cap, a cap or a t-shirt or a golf shirt somewhere with the, the headline sports thing. But, but before that, it was only a ticker. Before there was ever any video, it was a ticker only service. And the gamblers, right, were the ones who were hip to it because yes, the gamblers got their odds. We were posting, were we not posting odds of all these games back in the late 90s? Yeah, we were ahead of the times. We really were. It was called, I think it was called Sports Scope. From Hamilton, right before Headline Sports was born, John yeah. Levy, uh, the That's owner, right. Right. right, and then he got the license to, to broadcast, um, you know, news essentially, and it kind of went from there. I remember the biggest thing for us back in those days was Sunday's horse, right, horse racing from Woodbine, right, and, and they play, you know, the races and the ticker, the odds, and people loved it. It was a great idea, and uh, yeah, it really kind of I think uh, financed a lot of the the ambition back in those days. Yeah. And so from that, like, did you say, did you say to them or how did it come about that you became um, the, the soccer pundit? I'm going to say pundit because you didn't, you didn't, you didn't have the journalistic background of, you know, let's interview the coaches and let's, but you had the love and the passion for soccer. So yeah. did, how did that evolve? Well, that's a great point because I think like I mentioned back in those days at headline sports, um, you know, to, to get the, the, the polished finished, journalist reporter cost money right we were a lot cheaper um <laughs> I, I i interviewed you know and, and they heard my accent and they said well you must like international sports right you know <laughs> soccer rugby and i'm like yeah of course i do and i did obviously i was passionate about them but that's kind of how i got my 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 foot through the door 
I began producing a, a segment called Sports World for two, three minutes a day. I get Elliot, um, Steve Coolius, these kind of guys to voice it for, for me. Right. Uh, and then they thought, well, no, let's get your voice on air. So, so really, that's how it started, just because of my accent. I went like, my accent helped me. I was a Canadian. I've been here for a decade at that point. I was, I am a Canadian, but I did sound a bit different. And that kind of worked into this little segment. And then I grew that. I kept pitching ideas to expand it, make it bigger and bigger and bigger uh, from Sports World to the footy show in 2007 when, when the score at that point got the Premier League rights for three years. Which was remarkable. It remarkable that, that we could yeah. actually watch it because my background of soccer was, having grown up here, was you saw nothing. I mean, in fact, when I covered the uh, North American Soccer League when I first started in radio. Um, you know, I tried to, inter well, I interviewed Pele, not really, I in interviewed and it, it was, but still, there's Pele, there's Giorgio Canalia, there's Beckenbauer, there's Kyle Rote Jr., this wave of soccer fan that, I mean, I, I didn't love the sport because I thought it was low scoring and I was a hockey fan, but I appreciated it as the beautiful game and much more so later, but there wasn't much exposure if you were, a, I'm going to say a wasp, no, not a wasp, but if you were an English Canadian, mm -hmm. grew up with Hockey Night in Canada, there was very, there were very, the only way you were um, introduced to soccer was if you had friends or neighbors that were from other countries. Yeah, yeah, not until I guess late 90s or mid 90s is when Soccer Saturday at TSN was born, right? Graham, Graham Leggett. Leggett. Yeah. Right, Graham Leggett, yeah. the legend. And then uh, that, that went to Sportsnet in the late 90s um, with Jerry and Craig. And then they had it for 10 years or so. I think back and forth to TSN a couple of times, I think. Yeah. Uh, anyway. but before, yeah, but before that, before though, they're they nothing, on, right? Yeah. yeah no, 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 no. They, no, they had CFMT. Channel 47 had a game of the week, okay, okay. sponsored by Meyer Bakeries. <laughs> I'm serious. And it would be, you know, Hertha Berlin against Mönchengladbach or something like that and okay. it, with English commentary. This would have been back in the 80s, man. Well, that's before the Premier League was born, right? The Premier yeah, League before the Premier League was born. So you would and see that's when, and they really pushed they pushed the uh, the international marketing at that point, and this expand this league beyond the boundaries of just UK, and, exactly. and that's when everything changed. And that's when the Bundesliga, when the Serie, all these other leagues began to suffer a little bit because the Premier League marketed themselves so so well, uh, and that's why it's been you know the most successful, the richest league for well, two decades at least. So well presented, you know, I was never, I look, I don't know anything about the history of Premier League competition. I mean, I know a little bit, but not like I would know the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs or the NHL or any North American sport. I just didn't grow up with it. So it's not absorbed in me. So I always mm -hmm. defer to someone. Look, I don't know about the history of Tottenham Hotspur. I know I like Tottenham Hotspur because my dad's buddy was sat on the board of directors there like 30, 40 years ago. Okay. And okay. my dad was there and some guy almost pissed on top of him. He was sitting in the lower <laughs> bowl and some guys, <laughs> guys were taking the leak of ice. He couldn't understand why people brought umbrellas with them. It was a beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? And that's why you, that's why you buy the program too. Cause you roll the program up and use right. that as a little, little, uh, funnel shall we say right <laughs> so this was this was completely excuse the expression completely foreign to me yeah and yeah. and and my dad said you think that you think yankees boston is a rivalry you think montreal toronto is a rivalry you think the forget it this is a rivalry north london chelsea oh. you know arsenal is a rivalry and and so he's explaining how it's like part of you know, in the bones of people and in the, you know, it's like, it, it is, it's like, well, it's like hockey over here to a certain degree, but yeah. just more, more so. And, and it's I, like religion. Yeah, it is. It is religion. It's a way of life. And so uh, I wasn't know. aware of that. I wasn't aware of that, but as time went on 
And the more people I spoke to and the more I was exposed to it and watched and saw international figures and saw people go Beckham and David, stuff like that, the more interesting. Now I can't, not, I can watch a game and not have any skin in the game and just watch it because it's beautiful. Yeah, and I, yeah. and I, I, I say, you're Mark, you're sick. How can you do that? You're sick because I'm watching the best players in the world. And to me, it doesn't matter what the sport is. If it's the best in the world, I'm intrigued. And so this yeah, is how so, this is how I began to love soccer was I would some, watch some games. I covered the Toronto Blizzard and there were some games on the artificial turf. They were terrible games and dull and boring. And people would go, how can you watch the sport? And I was going, yeah, you're right. And then something happened. And like you said, more exposure. And I got to see the best players in the world. I'm totally hooked on soccer. The Champions League final is this Saturday, right? I don't care Liverpool. I don't care Real Madrid, but I want to see great soccer. Are we going to see a tremendous match on Saturday? Well, you know, Hebsy, I think last time I saw you was at the final at the rec room two, three years ago now when when your your beloved Spurs lost to my beloved Liverpool, right? And uh, Was there, hey, not, listen, a hand, was there not a handball? Was there not a handball <laughs> no, in the first minute? No, was there not... what are you talking about? It uh, was, yeah, it was controversial. It wasn't a great game. This, I think, would be a much better game. Um, it is. It's Real Madrid-Liverpool, two of the most storied clubs in world sport, let alone soccer. Um, one team in Liverpool are just an absolute joy to watch. And that's my bias being put aside. The way they play the game, their dynamics, some wonderful attacking players. Um, they just play with poetry in their step, although they're kind of renowned as a heavy metal team the way they, they attack. Real Madrid is a team that has won it 13 times, right? They're looking for their 14th Champions League. They've owned this championship. They've got to this point with some famous wins in games they shouldn't have won against Paris Saint-Germain, arguably the richest club in world football, yeah, yeah. at the death, did the th same thing against Man City in the semifinals, arguably the richest club in world football, uh, just done it this impossible way. They're, they're almost this team of destiny. And, and that's what, as a Reds fan, concerns me a bit, is because they've got this far, they shouldn't have got this far, but they found a way. Are they going to find a way on Saturday? I think it's going to be extremely dramatic. Um so let's talk about Real Madrid because, like, I, I mostly watch, you know, a Premier uh, League soccer, but also naturally Champions League. So I know about these guys. They've got, like, a veteran team. Like, they got, like you say, Destiny, like like Benzema and Modric, yeah. guys like that. Like, these are old guys, right? They are guys in their mid-30s. I mean, Benzema is a guy that he's been a world-class striker for many years, but he was very much in the shadow of Cristiano Ronaldo at Real Madrid. He took a step back, played a different kind of role. Ronaldo leaves... And at 34 years of age, Benzema is now probably the best, most complete centre forward in world football. And he scores big goals at big moments. He's done that in these two games I mentioned before when they had no business winning these games. Up steps Benzema in the right spot at the right time to score these goals. He's wonderful. Luka Modric, a, a guy that Canada will see at the World Cup, plays for Croatia. Again, in his mid-30s. But my God, if there's a guy that is more fun to watch in world football, I'm not sure who it is. He just glides around the field he's so intelligent he's not as athletic as he once was doesn't look like a footballer looks like a a dickensian figure on the streets of london you know <laughs> begging for food he's, he's a weird look to him but he just plays with such a panache such a great pastor of the ball an incredible inner drive so these are older guys who, who real are still based around uh, so they will need to, to some point rebuild, but not yet. They're still a team very much in contention. They won the Spanish championship this year, beat out Barcelona, beat out Atletico Madrid, wow. Sevilla. Still very, very good, but certainly a team that's, you know, perhaps at the end of their cycle. Hmm. Um, I know that uh, your friend and mine, Toronto Mike, is just, you know, 
chomping at the bit to talk soccer because that's, all, well, that's all he wants to do when him and I are when we're off air you, he just goes nuts he's nagging me about you know Nottingham Forest against uh, like you know uh, coverage hey, like crazy. That's, that's a huge game on Sunday Forest Huddersfield the richest I game know. in the world sport no explain that one these are like whoever wins that game gets promoted to the Premier yeah. League right there's, there's no bigger game in the world of sport that's worth more money than Nottingham Forest Huddersfield the reason being is that you get promoted <laughs> to the Premier League right with that, you get 100 million odd just for TV rights per year. Yeah. Now, if, if you get relegated, you get what's called parachute payments. Parachute payments means you still get a big whack of money for three more years after that. So you're guaranteed this money coming in plus prize money. So it's worth, I think, overall about 200 million pounds, which is wow. about a bajillion dollars these days. So, yeah, it, it's a lot of money and it's, uh, it's worth so, so much to those clubs. <laughs> wow. I never thought we took Forest Huddersfield on Chanto Mike. I gotta tell you. <laughs> what if hey, what if they substitute Richie Larray in? Wouldn't that be great? And he scores the uh, winner. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm rooting for Knott's Forest because like that's the other thing is with soccer. Is I, I just love following like the Canadians, like we do in tennis, like we do in yeah. golf, like the internet, like we do in, in you know, in F1 racing or anything. Canadians <laughs> doing well somewhere beautiful. How many Bayern Munich fans are there in Canada now compared to five years ago before Alfonso Davis arrived, right? Now yeah, we're watching yeah. Bayern Munich games, right? John David's going to leave Lille this year yeah. and probably come to the Premier League with a big club. Another Canadian, right? I mean, we used to have the Craig Forrest, of course, the Paul Stolteris. Good Canadian players, great Canadian players playing in the Premier League, but not many. There's going to be a lot more coming pretty soon. Right. Mike? Firstly, go Blizzard. <laughs> and I'm... I'm curious, James. It's nice to see you again, buddy. Uh, it's been a couple of months here. Likewise. I, <laughs> I... Hey, are we getting some pies? Are we getting yeah. pies? <laughs> yeah, you're listening. Promote... Charmin's proper pies. Listen to this. I, I haven't the ball. had my. I haven't had them, but I'm told. Wait, let's right hear an apology. James yeah, I, has. A, I, I, he has a written an apology. Let's listen. I know. I dropped the ball last time. I was on Toronto Mike. I'm driving over from from the East End. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh crap! I should have brought pies. So now Mike has to invite me back. Right, so and I, I gave you a lasagna, but I didn't get a pie. Okay. It was great, by the way. It was delicious, by the way. The lasagna. Oh, my God. It was fantastic. Folks, folks, James, the soccer story listen that I'm – me, again, I'm not as into this, uh, the club teams and everything you guys are discussing. It's, I'm learning a lot by listening to you. But I'm interested in Iran Gate. Can you speak to this uh, situation with Team Canada in the Iranian team? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really murky. It's messy. It's been poorly handled. So, essentially, Canada, obviously, playing in the World Cup in Qatar – in November, December, you got a couple of windows to play matches. Um, at home in particular, you have really one window, one match. So the Canada could have chosen any team from around the world. Right. The way it works in international football is you pay for that, the travel and the expenses. So they chose Iran, which was controversial at the sure. very least, right? Given obviously what happened uh, a couple of years ago. only a couple now. of years ago. A couple of years ago, they uh, they shot down a uh, uh, flight, flight 752. Yeah, right. the Canadian support. Right. And I mean, they haven't had diplomatic relations with Iran since 2012. This is not a cozy relationship. Yet Canada chose Iran without consulting with the government, apparently. So, oh. so Justin Trudeau, a couple of weeks ago, said it was ill-advised. He doesn't like the fact that Iran's coming. Um, the pressure continued. It, it was mounting on the players. Some players apparently um, threatened to boycott the match, went ahead. So yesterday, they cancelled the match. Um, which is thrown, you know, John Herbin's preparation into disarray because they got to play a game. It's on the fifth. They got two games after that against Concacaf nations in what's 
it's called the Nations League, but they've got to play teams from outside CONCACAF. They haven't done that for a very long time. Right. They're trying to frantically find another opponent to play, but that looks unlikely now at such, such short notice. But yeah, it's it's been poorly handled. I think we're all quite surprised when they announced the run to begin with. Of all probably, nations. Probably, yeah. Of all nations, yeah. Like how does that yeah. get out of the boardroom when you're having your discussions? Like that should be like, like these are, we're excluding, like we're not going to play North Korea, okay? We're not, yeah. You just have your list of countries. We're not going to play right. Russia. <laughs> I, I think oh, yeah, partly, I mean, it's, it's who's available, right? Who's going to come to Canada, to Vancouver? And it better not be June. Belarus, okay? We're not playing Belarus either. <laughs> no, but, I mean, European teams aren't coming over here, right? Not in June, I don't yeah. think. To Vancouver, it's too far. So, I mean, there weren't many options, I guess. And I think it would have cost $400,000. You want to get a Brazil or a Portugal or an England, it's going to cost you a lot more than that. Um, mm. So, we don't know the details, but yeah, it, it doesn't look good at all. And it's uh, just like I said, it's a real blown opportunity to get these guys together play a game um because there aren't that many windows before the world cup um i i think there's too much soccer sometimes at the same time like i don't i i could never imagine in the middle of a hockey season except maybe for an olympic year where they would say okay we're you know we've got a midweek game like over there we're going over there for a while then we're coming back here on saturday night to play and then we're flying over there to play you know the second leg or something like that James, mm -hmm. um, are there too many outside competitions that kind of wreak havoc within a league? And is this one of the reasons I think why not enough people who are Toronto TFC fans are actual fans or are knowledgeable when it comes to the entire um, Major League Soccer? Like yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm one of them. I, I know my TFC, but I, I don't know enough about Real Salt Lake or Miami, right. Miami FC or anything like that. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm so focused on European football these days. I don't cover MLS like I used to. Uh, I, I need to work on that. But there's a lot of football. Obviously, European season ends, you know, in, in the spring. So you have all summer to enjoy MLS, you know, and it does fulfill the void for sure. But mm. there's a lot of football during the winter and the fall and the spring. Too much football for the players. I mean, we see the injuries every year, players breaking down. In England, you have four tournaments you're competing in if you're a good team, right? The Premier League, you're playing in... Europe, be it the Champions League or the Europa League, you're playing in the FA Cup and the League Cup, right? It's way too much football. These guys are breaking down. And, you know, thankfully, there's not a World Cup this summer. There would have been normally. It's in November, December, because they decided to put it in the Middle East. Right. Without thinking, might be a little bit hot there in June. But <laughs> they, they, they changed that. So, I mean, as much as it's frantic now, just imagine next season when it kicks off in early August and then everything shuts down for a month in, in November, December. It, it's it's crazy, you know. It's all about the the mighty dollar. It's no no sports are greedier than than soccer than FIFA, <laughs> and that, that includes the NFL, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, it, they, they don't really care about the players' well beings, even the saturation for like you mentioned, Hebsy, the, the sports fan. There's only so much you can watch, right? You know, I watch a lot of sport, a lot of sport. I've got a very understanding wife, but if I'm telling her I want to watch Real Salt Lake against Columbus this weekend, she might have an issue with that. <laughs> yeah well in my case like i'm fortunate enough that i'm a spurs fan and so you know a lot of times it's early enough in the morning that it's not an issue yeah. right but imagine if it was you know eight o'clock on a saturday night there's no way no but, no. but seven o'clock on a saturday morning sure sweetheart go ahead just put the headphones on well i will I, say i mean you know this make your some, coffee there, you know. there are some great days 
living in Canada, when you wake up at seven to watch a big match and then the Premier League ends around 12.31-ish and then you got a couple of hours off and then you start watching Hockey Night or maybe you throw a Jays game in there and you realise you're going to bed at one in the morning thinking, I've watched 17 hours of sport today. That's Hebsy every day. No, it's not, though. It's not. That's just it. You think that's it. But with YouTube, I can catch up on stuff. Oh, yeah. And then the next day, make it seem like I watched the whole game. Yeah, that's that true. To do. Well, it's I do wonder about, you know, I say young yeah. people today, right? I feel old saying that, right? But kids don't watch full sporting events as much anymore, right? No, they, they don't. watch it on their phone, the highlights, the con- condensed version. So you wonder, that's why they're trying to speed up baseball. They're trying to speed up all these sports for, for a good reason. You wonder what the future of sports looks like in, in 30 years' time. Cricket has been completely transformed. I right. grew up watching five-day test matches, three-day internationals, one day being the short version. Right. Nowadays, 2020 is the one to watch. That's the biggest ratings. It's huge. The whole sports change has been transformed. You know, I'm not sure if North America will follow suit with baseball, but something's got to change. Well, let's see. Uh, three words. Jays in 30. There you go. Exactly. As soon as, they, soon as they came up with that, dude, what do I have to watch the whole game for? Right. Yeah. I'll just, you just edit that down into 30. And, and then if I want to, man, I can edit that down to 10, seven minutes and I can oh, have yeah. that. And usually within, you know, within an hour or so of the end of the game, you'll find it on YouTube. Yeah. Right. And yeah, um, yeah that's, that's the way to do it. So and, and if I'm an advertiser, I'm flipping out. I, in fact, if I'm an advertiser, I'm advertising on that YouTube channel right there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, to certain, I'm not advertising on the game. You know, this pitching change. Well, that's, and that's terrifying for companies that spend billions on hockey deals, for example. And then they're realizing that, oh, maybe, maybe not everyone is so consumed and will watch it just because it's on. There's alternatives out there, right? But don't kid yourself. If the Leafs were playing in the playoffs right now, you know, how many millions would be watching live? Like, we're not. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Mike, it's, it's a great point. But I, I think we're so tribal as sports fans. Leaf fans will watch Leaf games. I will. No, I'm not no really doubt. going to watch Edmonton against Calgary <laughs> late at night. I'm just not. I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. <laughs> okay, so what are you saying? So what are you saying there, James? You're saying I'm, that- sa- I'm saying that sports fans aren't really sports fans. They're team fans. Most of them. We cheer for the laundry. We, we cheer for laundry. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's hardcores out there. I know guys, you know, the two Hebsey, who watch anything that's on. They'll watch it, right? They'll, but they're generally not married. We'll have kids. If I may, on this point, or divorced, and their kids are grown up. Or, so in my little circle, <laughs> let's say I'm a, there's 100 people in my circle, okay? These are 100 people who would be glued to the Leafs game if they were in the second round right now of the NHL playoffs. And I can tell you, 98 of them, this is an unscientific test, anecdotally, 98 of these people, the playoffs ended when the Leafs lost in game seven. Like, that's it. 100%. But yeah, that's it with most course. sports fans. If your team is out, right? Unless you uh, now again, and James, you can speak to this, the gambling element of it. We're like when we were at headline sports, the score back in the day, were you interested in the gambling aspect of it? Not as much, but there were degenerates there. Don't make a mistake. My God, <laughs> I tell you, you, you walk around the newsroom at nighttime in that place like wow it's like being in in, uh man it's a dark place to be put it that way there were young people making no money throwing a lot of money down on tampa bay to do something like wow (laughs) right because here's the thing the idea of having to sit and watch a game that you had no interest in and pick out highlights of it for three hours was you'd rather be have your eyes gouged out so you had to have some 
um, some little sweetener. You had to have some skin uh, in the game, right? Some, yeah, some skin in the game. So it was like you couldn't care less between the Minnesota Twins and the Colorado Rockies, but pick a team, give me some odds. So there was always action. So you would hear this screaming from one of the booths. You go, what's going on in there? Oh, it's Minnesota against uh, Oakland. Minnesota, Oakland. Yeah, well, one of the guys has care? 10 yeah. bucks on the game or whatever, and he just gave up a grand slam. And so you'd go, wow, are they ever passionate about sports? No, it had nothing no, to do with that. No, they, they've bet their, their $30,000 a year salary, and they've, they've blown it within a couple of weeks, some of these guys. yeah. And then they'd come up to you for money. They'd ask me for money saying, oh, no, that wasn't it. I would bring my lunch, and they'd say, like, are you going to eat that sandwich? <laughs> they didn't, they didn't <laughs> have enough people. money. There were, people, there were people running books in the corner. There were. There really were. You know, because back in those days, you know, you couldn't get on, you know, North Star bets or whatever it is, right? You couldn't do it. Oh, right? oh my Fanual, God. Because they weren't available. It's changed so much the last uh, few weeks, really, here in Ontario. But, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no doubt gambling yeah. adds the passion to sport. Because, yeah, who's, who's watching, you know, late, you know, even Calgary-Edmonton, great series, right? Well, potentially, you know, good rivalry. But unless you're a fan of the team or you have money on them, are you staying up till two in the morning? Probably not. Oh my God. Hysterical. Um, so James, so what do you got going now? So you're doing uh, the footy prime with you and like the other. Yeah. Craig, Craig Forrest and Jimmy Brennan, Brandon Dunlop. Yeah. That's great. It's our podcast. Yeah. And uh, we just signed a deal with the Toronto star nice. and with North star bets. So it's, it's doing really well at the moment. Uh, and you mentioned I've just begun working at the parlay, which is a startup essentially. It, mm. It's fantastic. Providing yeah, content so for the batting Steve, space. And- Steve McAllister. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Steve give him my regards. Yeah. I like Steve. I will. Okay. Absolutely. No, it's great. You know, uh, it reminds me a lot of the score back when I first started. A lot of real young, talented people here. Yeah. And um, trying to offer some guidance and, and, you know, really produce a lot of soccer content. And it's been, it's been great so far. It's a real build. And I, I love doing that. Fantastic. Listen, I am, um, uh, I know Mike too, but like when I, when I first met you and I got into the soccer inside the building there you know when i saw you know you got to see all that stuff and we were taking in highlights and feeds and all that is when i got a real appreciation for it and you know knowing and seeing like the david beckham's going wow it's you know this guy's good and this is exciting stuff so i want to thank you personally for helping me enjoy the sport more along with your you know sidekicks there the craig forrest of the world thanks well i'll tell you what hebsy you're the reason you you and you and taddy are the reason why i became a leaf fan actually i'd say from sports line taddy's not a leaf fan taddy's a red wings fan i I, I know but i watched sports line and i watched the leafs and i learned and educated myself through that show way back when so uh, i hey listen we're we're even now oh oh, is that it we're even (laughs) i think so yeah (laughs) and i love you both (laughs) love Uh, you too mike all right, folks, there's James Sharman. Um, you know that voice. And uh, when it comes to soccer, he is he's the expert, the pundit, the number one soccer pundit in Canada, James Sharman. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Take care, buddy. Cheers. There you go. I wanted to make the comparison. And when you mentioned uh, Karim Benzema of Real Madrid and uh, Luka Modric, these are guys in their mid-30s. I thought immediately of the Golden State Warriors and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, who it seems have been around for the Splash Brothers for like eons with Golden State. Right. Right. They never played. They haven't played for anyone else. They've, it's just those two guys. You know, you go back and say, you know, how many duos have stayed together? Like LeBron went from this Cleveland to Miami, you know, Cleveland, the Lakers is always with somebody else, always trying to do it with someone else. A couple of years here and there. These guys have been together for years. And last night they, uh, uh, they uh, knocked off the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they got 32 points from Thompson, and they only got the only 16 from Curry, but that's okay. Beat the Dallas Mavericks 121-10, eliminated them, 
and are on their way to the Western Conference final after two seasons of missing the playoffs with Clay Thompson being out with a torn ACL one year and then a torn Achilles tendon in the other foot. Torn left ACL in 2019, torn right Achilles tendon in 2020. Okay, two years of like rehab, forget rehab isn't even the word, grueling, okay? Physiotherapy, I'm sure mental therapy, going through all of that during, you know, the, the pandemic as well and just all that stuff. And the dude comes back and drops 32 last night. Wow. Okay, 32, good for him. And he was dancing and crying on the sidelines. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone dance and cry at the same time. It was beautiful, really only Fantastic. at a wedding, I think, is when you do that. Um, the first dance, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, okay, you know, that's slow dancing. You're right. This, right. Was, this wasn't slow dancing. Wasn't the father-daughter dance uh, at a wedding, maybe. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> Except for that. This right. Was, this was beautiful and poignant. Two major knee, knee surgeries, two years of rehab, dancing on the sidelines, tears in his eyes, Warriors clinching their spot in the NBA final. Um, just fantastic. So he had 32. Andrew Wiggins who has been rejuvenated as, as not the number one man or not the number two man, but the number three or four man with the Warriors. He had 18 points despite going 0 for 7 from three-point range. Draymond Green, the veteran, 17 points. Curry, 16. Warriors await the winner of the Boston-Miami series. Uh, game six is tonight in Boston. Celtics lead the Heat three games to two. They can lock it up. Tonight, I was going to say at the Boston Garden on the parquet floor. Johnny Most here at the Boston Garden. The Celtics are a one win away from taking on the Warriors. Hebsey, may I ask you, have you watched uh, Winning Time on HBO yet? Oh, sure have. Okay. Because <laughs> now when you said all that, I'm thinking of uh, and the Magic Auerbach. Yeah. yeah, and the Magic. Oh, that was good, eh? That was um, Michael Chiklis playing the part of uh, okay. Red Auerbach. You know, I didn't know that was Michael Yeah, Chiklis, Michael, he was, yeah it was good. It was good. That was well done. Very, very well and done. And Jerry Buss. Uh, Not entirely great... accurate. No, at all. none of that. Not accurate at all. And and they they haven't yeah. sued the filmmakers, but they've asked for an apology and some kind of retraction. West uh, at least has because he was he was uh, wrongly portrayed. He was not the maniac that uh, he was portrayed. But again, oh. you know, I guess filmmakers can take certain liberties and avoid slander or or um, liable or. Um, what's the character defamation of character or defamation of when i watched it or, and i enjoyed it but i always wondered what does larry bird think when he watches oh that? my god but the thing is that's that's fairly accurate they say like they really put the redneck part of it you know more <laughs> but he was you know like i can beat anybody fuck you he, i'll I mean, take you on and he was a white cracker against all these black guys right he was like he was a right. cracker he wasn't just he wasn't an inner city yeah, he was uh, Indiana guy. guy. No, right. no, but he wasn't an inner city white guy. A Chris Mullen, a Brooklyn guy from the streets. You know what I'm talking about? He was a he was from French Lick, Indiana. The Hick from French Lick, right? Wow. Like you know, he was, and I don't know. I mean, he, he he went to the University of Indiana. He couldn't stand, couldn't take Bobby Knight for like three days. He left, right? He was just some skinny white kid from again, you know, the the sticks. So that made it even more of it. Like Magic Johnson was from the streets, man. This guy was from, not the projects. His father, you know, was a, you saw, he was a yeah. you know, sanitation engineer, worked Lansing, all night right? shift from in Lansing, Lansing, Michigan. Yeah. Right. Grew up in right. poverty, basically. But a working man, you know, working man. Anyway, it was a, it was a good series. Anyway, so good for Golden State. And uh, now the Boston, Miami tonight. I hope the Celtics win. I would love to see a Boston um, uh, Golden State final. That would be fantastic. In tennis, hey, 
while just before we went to air with the podcast, mm -hmm. Layla Annie Fernandez beat the number 11 seed at the French Open, Belinda Bencic, the girl that beat uh, um, Bianca Andreescu uh, the previous round, knocked her off 7-5-3-6-6-4. No, sorry, 7-5-3-6-7-5. Uh, she, she actually, I thought she was going to win 6-4 in the final set. She was serving at 5-4 for the match. And then, and then she, she fell apart. She got broken. Okay. And I was, I said to Mike, Oh my God, right. you, you have the, you've got the tournament, the, the championship, not the championship, but the match on your racket, you're serving for the match. And I'd said many times before in women's tennis, especially holding serve is the toughest thing to do. Not breaking serve, holding serve. It is. In the intro, you called it an upset, but uh, on your uh, YouTube channel, a couple of people think it was a coin flip. Well, no, uh, 17 seed versus 11 seed is considered to be an upset, I would think. I mean, in, in the parlance. Right. Would that be correct? I can't. Is it, it's, it's I not, no, no, Mike, 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 yeah. Mike yeah. there's a major upset. So you would put the word major upset, okay. right? If the, fa if the favorite, the betting favorite gets beaten. It's an upset. Thank you. And thanks to our friends at Bodog. Because, Shout out to Bodog. Because if you were to have betten Layla Annie Fernandez, you would have gotten a better deal than had you bet Belinda Bencic, who knocked off Bianca Andreescu. Anyway, that's great. And later this morning, or it could be going on now for all I know, Felix Oje Aliassime, uh, who's the number nine seed, I believe, on the men's side, is uh, playing an opponent whose name I have forgotten. It doesn't matter that much. It's not that big a deal. In golf, Mike Weir, one shot off the lead at the Senior PGA Championship being held in Benton Harbor, Michigan at the Harbor Shores Club. Weir shot six under par 66. That's not that far from where Weirzy grew up, you know. Weirzy's from Sarnia. Right, right. And Sarnia, not that far. Although Benton Harbor, Michigan is uh, closer to the uh, Indiana border it's out it's in western michigan out there Pat kalamazoo up, up up there um home of kellogg's if i'm not mistaken that's oh. battle battle creek michigan yeah. oh. anyway um he's at 666 on the regular tour the flat belly tour as they like to call it it's the charles schwab challenge in canada's nick taylor is one of eight golfers tied for the lead after an opening round four under par 66 adam svensson one under par uh i'll be at crosswinds this Sunday in Burlington, getting in an early Father's Day celebration with my two boys and my girlfriend. Uh, Father's Day, as you know, is not for a while, but my uh, youngest son will not be anywhere near. He won't be in the country oh. when Father's Day comes. He's going on this long tour of the United States with his buddies, This um, wow. these, these comedians. Well, good for him, man. Curtis That's Connor and Dean Hepsher and... Uh, Jacob Sharp and they are they've got this tour where they start in Tampa on the 8th of June and it's like they're all over they're in every major city and college town and but big big like fair size venues like you know like 500 seat venues 700 seat venues some and yeah that's amazing like that's, that's amazing and this Father's Day golf trip to uh, Crosswind sounds yeah. damn fun so enjoy man no, always okay get to play. and remember this is why I mean I sent these kids you know we sent them off to, to golf camp when they were like little boys you know yeah as much to get rid of them for a few hours <laughs> for nothing as you know Mike it's like you know off you go to golf camp for right you know what was it you drop them off at nine in the morning you pick them up at three in the afternoon take you know yeah. they get here's money for lunch you know play some mm -hmm. golf have some fun and uh, so they loved it and you know now they're adults and they're playing and uh, yeah. and and they really enjoy it so you know as opposed to you're dragging your kids come on you know indulge dad play some golf so that'll yeah. be fun we're going to be at crosswinds and uh, 
That's crosswindsgolf.com, our great sponsor. And uh, we love it there. It's in fabulous condition. Everything's good. I think that's about it, Mike. I'm trying to think now. It's uh, Friday of a long weekend for our American friends. It's Memorial Day. A lot's going on this weekend. Should be very, very exciting. I hope you guys, uh, you and yours, have a good weekend. What are you guys up to? I'm trying to think. I don't think anything's particularly. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think of what's going on. Nothing. That says it all. Uh, well, Take I know that. It's nice this weekend because, like you, I get uh, all, all of my kids are here this weekend, so it'll be six of us. We'll find something fun to do, I'm oh, sure. Oh, that's but, great. Uh, Take pictures. Take lots of pictures. And I will just shout out, uh, so I am actually right now at 1030. I'm going to be talking with Danny Gallagher about uh, the history of the I thought Expo. you were going to say Danny Gallivan. <laughs> Danny no, Gallagher? There is a Danny there's a Danny Gallivan connection because Russ Taylor, do you know the name Russ Taylor? Of course. Original Expos radio announcer. So I've been chatting with his his daughter was at TMLX nine and his other daughter is she actually, was yeah <laughs> Leslie Taylor I didn't know that man I would and have Carolyn loved to Taylor to is a member of the Baron von Sketch Show Baroness von Sketch Show is ter- so he apparently is the reason Danny Gallivan ended up calling game Russ Taylor is the reason Danny Gallivan I remember hearing the story yeah Danny it's uh, Danny Gallivan had told me the story many years 30, 40 years ago whenever it was anyway that's awesome and Danny Gallagher please give him my regards. He uh, is an Expos expert, and uh, I love his stuff. I've got a couple of his books, as a matter of fact. Hey, I'll uh, tell him. I'll say Hebsey says hi. Please mention it to him. Uh, Thanks for joining us, everyone, on the uh, Hebsey on Sports podcast, episode 286. Uh, Thanks to Toronto Mike, as always, uh, for production and inspiration. Uh, Check him out at Toronto Mike. And thanks to our excellent sponsor, Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Go to crosswindsgolf.com. Thanks to our guest, James Sharman, for talking soccer. Hit him up at James Sharman. And thanks to you for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another episode next week when our guest will be Joe the Swiss Tilly. Another Coming FOTM, up. another FOTM, the legendary <laughs> TV sportscaster, uh, my golf partner on uh, several occasions. Uh, just an all around great guy. And uh, we'll be looking forward to talking to Joe the Swiss next week. Until then, so long for now. <laughs>